Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Thank you very much, Chris. 248-539-9797 is the telephone number. Uh, the Red Wings last played on January 31st. They're back in action uh, Saturday afternoon against the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, joining us now is the head coach of the Red Wings, Newsy Lalone. How you doing, Newsy? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Stoney. Yes. Did I just say head coach of the Canucks by mistake? No. Oh, yeah. You no, looked at no, me like, no, okay. No, I just no, make sure. Oh, no. I know. Yeah, I was right. You're playing the Canucks. Yes. No, no. This, I'm sorry that you are in the middle of this, uh, Newsy, because I, I have this look on my face every time that <laughs> yeah. we start talking. But, so, hey, you, you, we just talked about it. You had this great break. Or, or a long break, what do you do in the middle of the season when you have a break like this? Do you take some time off? How much of it do you use looking and trying to improve? Well, the guys definitely took some time off, and it's needed. You need to decompress. Uh, I got a little time off. It was more just chasing uh, my kids around uh, between hockey and soccer, which was great. Um, I had a Tuesday night where I brought one kid for a skate in Oak Park, uh, came back, um, wife brought the daughter to soccer. I came back. My son had a later game. The other son forgot his loop, had to rush that to the arena. And then my wife called me, and she uh, had the wrong order on Chipotle, the wrong store. So Uh-oh. I had to do a reverse and help her. I, it, I felt right into it. Actually, as chaotic as it was, it felt awesome. Uh, I felt like being a regular dad. It was good. Yeah, a dad moment. So let me ask you this. At the hockey, at the youth hockey league, do you sit there and, and say, you know what, he's doing this all wrong <laughs> no. in regards to the coaching? Yeah. No, they're very fortunate. They got some two really good coaches. They play for Little Caesars, phenomenal program. Um, I just sit back and take it all in, which is uh, which is really uh, fun to do. With, with the standings the way they are, you know, it, they, they change constantly, especially some teams have games in hand. Do you do like what I do, like scoreboard watch, or is it too early for that? I am the worst self-admitted scoreboard watcher <laughs> in the history. And what I mean by that, if we're not playing well, that December – slide we were having and this is no exaggeration i never looked at the standings uh we win a few games you kind of know we're on a little bit of a roll uh had the january like we did i for sure uh peaked at the standings uh in reality um you guys been around enough um if you take care of your own business it seems to take care of yourself um so i do a little of it but again mostly on the fair weather part of it 
So obviously taking care of business, we know what wins mean, uh, accumulating points, but you're four points above the cut line. What do you got to do to to stay there or to even in, increase your odds of, of making the playoffs from this point on? Probably probably what we did in January. Uh, I think we did a pretty good job of emphasizing keeping it out of our net. Uh, our team defense improved vastly. Um, I don't know if it's natural for the group, uh, and it's just a huge credit to the group that they dug in and started emphasizing some things on the uh, defensive side of the puck. Um, and our group did that, and they got rewarded with it. So um, we're going to have to get back to that. It's going to be difficult to do. I will say the one thing, as much as the long break was needed, when you're in the trenches and you're at it every day, you, get, you probably forget uh, how hard you're actually competing. And uh, we'll have to get that back uh, with our first practice today. I want to ask you about one, one of your players that you got uh, in the offseason – uh, and that's Daniel Sprung. I mean, he's got 13 goals. He, he's got a great shot. Yet his ice time, and I'm not lobbying for more ice time. Uh, yeah. it, it's it's not as with, with the 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 more popular players, so to speak, for lack of a better word. What does he have to do to get more ice time, or is he one of those guys that the, he's better because he doesn't play as much as other guys? Yeah, probably a little bit of both. We 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 literally call him a unicorn. He, he's a unique player. I don't know if I've ever experienced someone like him that he literally does not need very much for offense. There's some nights it feels like he's going downhill. Um, this has probably been his his whole career. He's actually playing uh, a minute and a half, uh, closer to two minutes a night more with us this year than he did last year uh, playing for Seattle on a playoff team in which – uh, he has similar offensive numbers. Um, I think for him, it's just it's 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 not natural for him uh, to be a strong defensive player. Um, I, I don't see a Selkie in his future uh, <laughs> anytime soon. Um, but with that said, if 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 he if he you know is committed to that, like the rest of our team is a little bit more. Um, or he makes it part of his habits and what he is. And again, when he's defending well, and we don't. You can even see with Patrick Kane. We don't need Patrick Kane uh, checking the other team's top forwards or just skating backwards, just concentrating with defense, but being committed to our team game, you know, being above pucks, um, doing defensive habits uh, that, again, I think help the team game and keeping it out of your neck because he's still going to get his looks uh, on the offensive side. But we feel really fortunate to have him. I think it was a, yet another really good move by Steve Eiserman. Uh, to increase our depth as a group. And uh, he's been wonderful. I mean, it's probably no different than someone uh, like Robbie Fabry, uh, whose shooting percentage is one of the tops in the league. Uh, He makes the most of his 13, 14 minutes and chips in big goals uh, when he can. And again, all these guys are a big part of why we're having success we are this season. You mentioned Patrick Kane. Is he going to be back in the lineup starting Saturday? Yeah, well, I'll get a better feel from um, our uh, sports medicine team today. Um, but the all indications was, uh, you know, we gave him the extra time over the break that he'd be back. We'll probably get a feel of his next two practices here, but I, I would expect him to be back at Atlanta on Saturday. Uh, obviously, you're going to be home on Saturday against Vancouver. Then you've got about, what, four games um, on the West Coast. Um, you know, what are your expectations coming out of that, that four-game stretch? 
Well, it's going to be a really tough stretch. Uh, not only is it a four-game stretch in the West Coast, it's a reality. We come back out of the break. We have Vancouver, Edmonton, Vancouver, uh, arguably two of the hottest, best teams in the league right now. And again, I think it's going to be about us uh, getting our game in order. We hope to get results. You know, we probably had a similar kind of uh, stretch quality of opponent uh, when we were out to the little Florida-Carolina swing there. Um, and we hung in there and got points and found ways to play the right way. It'll be the same challenge um, on Saturday. Uh, again, these next two practices are going to be vitally important. I don't like the fact that Vancouver is actually going to have two games under their belt before we play them. Uh, there's something about kind of getting in rhythm after the break, so uh, it's going to be really important to up our game here the next couple of days in practice we're ready for Saturday. We're joined by Newsy Lalone, head coach of the Red Wings. The last time we spoke to you, we talked about the Alex Lyon and how good he's been, and you said it's probably not realistic to expect a career backup goalie to keep playing like he's doing. Um, does that mean we're going to see Huso uh, pretty soon? Yes. Um, so we in full confidence in James Reimer, too. Um, Alex, I think, has no doubt really established himself uh, that it's going to be his net here uh, for a while. Uh, but we're going to sprinkle um, Billy back in uh, and be ready to have James potentially available, too. So we'll get a feel. Uh, Alex will be back in net uh, on Saturday, and then we'll probably get a feel of how it goes. You need the two goalies. I don't care who you are. Uh, I mean, you do have some the Sisterkins and the Vasilevskis of the world that are going to play, you know, 80% of the games. But I think we need two going here, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll have that going uh, when we get back at it. Uh, you, you somewhat addressed this already, but I, I'm curious when you have these two days of practice before you play Vancouver, and I, I hated bye weeks in, in whether it was college football or in the NFL because you got out of rhythm. How do you balance trying to get these guys back into rhythm before they had this to where they were before they had the break, but also nursing and making sure that you don't have any injuries outside of game time? It is it is a, it is a tough balance. I mean, you, you you're being a professional athlete. You you can totally understand that. No. So one, it's going to be the intensity in practice today, and we're going to emphasize those things we improved at our breakout habits, our D zone coverage. Um, our track, uh, you know, our ability to go from transition from offense to defense, all so those things that are important, uh, but they're actually remind them to have the compete level. So we'll probably uh, have some resistance. Guys, guys will be bumping a little bit today. Um, um, so it's it's really hard to replicate. We'll do the best we can in practice. Today will be an intense, uh, a little bit uh, more than usual in practice. And then just get at it on Saturday. Um, and it really, sometimes you just you can't replicate game reps. So we'll get those Saturday and go from there. So do you fly out after the game Saturday? You get to uh, uh, where you got to go next, which is going to be Edmonton. Do you watch the Super Bowl as a team out there, or are you leaving after the Super Bowl? Yeah, we'll leave after the Super Bowl. So the NHL's, the Super Bowl is like a holiday religion for the group. Always yeah. it's been part of uh, so. We'll give the guys the Sunday at home, and then we'll fly out to Edmonton on Monday, uh, knowing we don't play uh, until Tuesday there. So we'll get the flight, get a morning skate there, and be ready to go. Uh, unfortunately, our Lions uh, are not going to be in it. I, I, you guys saw us um, 
our energy in our building is always there, as you guys know, especially of late, uh, you know, the much improved success we've had the last couple of years. But, man, the those three games, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning game, uh, after they'd won the home playoff game versus Tampa, that game versus uh, Philly where they're chanting Jared Goff, and then our Vegas game, we went three and zero, man. And that was <laughs> that was all. There's two probably Stanley Cup contenders there and three playoff teams. We needed about two more of those just to get us even further up in that playoff spot. So, being the football guru that you are, who do you like on yeah, Sunday? Who you got? Uh, Kansas City. I just I, I think obviously the quarterback makes plays, but that defense has been way better than probably people give them. They get stops. I've actually been impressed with them. Um, Plus the wrong team in the AFC is there. So <laughs> I'm, I'm bitter, and uh, we'll see what happens. You're bitter, but you're still going to watch. watch, right? right? There's still there's, oh, there's Lions fans. Watch. It's, again, religion. It's, it's yeah. the end of the Super Bowl. I don't, I've never missed a Super Bowl, for yeah. sure. Uh, final thing. Today's the NBA trade deadline. Your trade deadline is a month. Uh, not picking on players, but if there is one, you know, position group or a position that you think uh, you can ask Stevie for help in, what would that be? Yeah, you know what, probably uh, another versatile forward, someone that can play center in the wing. I love the versatility of what some of our forwards, the Joey Villanos, the, the Andrew Cops, uh, the Mike Rasmussen's that can play center in the wing. But, you know, I, I, I caution our fans, um, I do think as a group, why we're having success is this patience and leadership of Steve Eisenman over time. Um, you have to build through the draft. This isn't done overnight. Uh, are we ready to be a legit Stanley Cup contender? I don't know. Uh, we're probably overachieving um, on where our talent is, which is a huge credit to our guys. So uh, I think we're still going to probably build this thing. Uh, uh, He'll do the right thing if it makes sense, but I think it's more important if it makes sense going forward. So that'll be the wish list, but I think we're also realistic on we're still in the middle of a process here, which is the right thing to do. Newsy, thanks a lot as yeah. always. Have uh, good luck on Saturday. Have a good trip. And Stoney, I, I hear you're hanging him up here for a little bit. Uh, yeah. Part time. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess. That's that's what they well, say. Yeah, I'll, I'll still be around. Actually, I'll be at games more probably now because I don't have to get up I'll, so damn early. Like it. Well, you've been a fixture here, even coming in here. Uh, you're the first guy I knew uh, about this town. So, um, best wishes. Uh, you've done a lot for the city. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. We'll see when you get back. Thanks, guys. All right. That's uh, Newsy Lalone. Oh, what a nice thing to say. Here on 97.1, the ticket. Hey, when it comes to managing your finances, you need a bank that gets you and is genuinely interested in your success. That's why I bank with First Merchants Bank. Whether it's your personal, whether it's your business banking or day-to-day personal banking, First Merchants Bank is 100% interested in helping you prosper. First Merchants Bankers are attentive. They sat down with me, asked me questions. They got to know me, got to know my family, and they built a plan, a financial plan that fits my situation, especially with where I am right now in my life. And when you make the switch to First Merchants Bank, you're also going to get access to their highly rated mobile banking app with innovative personal finance tools. Plus, they're deeply connected to the community's needs because it's their community as well. And they volunteer and donate on a regular basis to local causes to ensure that we all prosper together. This is the difference of 100% interest in you. 
For a better banking experience, visit firstmerchants.com. That's firstmerchants.com. First Merchants Bank, helping you prosper. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Big fourth quarter for the Pistons. Mm -hmm. They beat Sacramento 133-120. to 120. Ivy with 37, 19 in the fourth quarter. Alec Burks, 25 points off the bench in 28 minutes. And I'd say there's a uh, about an 80% chance that's going to be his last game as a Piston because uh, the trading deadline is today at 3 o'clock. I would hope that he and, or at least one of him or Bogdanovich, is traded for some type of asset, a cap, a capital, like draft pick or something. Uh, they got going yesterday with the trade deadline acquiring um, Simone Fontecchio from Utah. He's 28 years old. You know, a big guy who can shoot, spaces the floor, stretch for 39% from from three, average about nine points a game. I wish they would have had him, like, when the season started. They'd have a much better team. They give up Kevin Knox and a 2024 second-round pick. No problem getting rid of Kevin Knox. Now, the draft is not – Supposed to be that good this year, so and a lot of second rounders don't make it, but it's it's assets, and you hate to see you lose assets. It's especially what the Pistons are going to pick. It's going to be like the first or second pick of of, of the second round. Then later, uh, they send Monte Morris, the former Mister Michigan in basketball here, who was a pretty good career, and then he was traded here or signed here, and lo and behold, he got hurt and he didn't come back till about two weeks ago. Uh, he goes to Minnesota for Shake Milton, uh, Troy Brown Jr., and a 20-30 second-round pick. Boy, I can't wait for that one. Let me tell you something. Jack Jansen, get his autograph now because that's yep. uh, Jack's, what, 13 years old, right? He is 13, yep. So in six years when that pick might be selected, who knows? Yep. He could be 19. He could be a dunking machine. Ha. <laughs> Um, I don't know that that's in his future, uh, but yes, maybe one of his teammates. Yeah, it's just um, bizarre. That it, it is. It's so far away, and and when you think about trading an asset so far down the line, and I know in the NBA this is commonplace, but yeah, it's like scheduling. You know, in college football, you're scheduling twenty thirty two, twenty thirty six. and you're hoping that they're good at that time, but you don't know. And yeah. it's just it's it seems it seems it. Ridiculous. It, it seems it does seem bizarre. Then you look mm. down the road. Hmm. 
what's Minnesota going to be like in six years? Well, will right, they be yep. rebuilding because they probably won't have towns anymore? Uh, the Ant Man is he still going to be? Who the hell knows? Is it going to be high for or high second or a low second? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, it's it's crazy. So the deadline is at, at three o'clock. So obviously, stick and stay here. Ninety-seven won the ticket uh, for any late details that will probably happen. I cannot imagine yeah. them not doing anything. Something with Burks or Bogdanovich. Yeah, and they have to make a roster move because they have 16 guys on the roster right now. So either if they don't do anything, they just either cut Joe Harris, which, woo, or um, maybe even just let Killian Hayes walk, which is not out of the realm of possibility. Which No, I mean, especially if, I mean, if you can't, if nobody wants him. Or they're not willing to give up any assets for him. They're not going to give up any assets in the summer for him. They're right, not going to yeah, give up. Right, because you're not going to bring him back. And you, yeah. you, you put him in a package maybe with somebody else and maybe you can do it that way. But, see, that is where the trouble with Troy Weaver started. By not taking, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, as we know. Your boy, Halliburton. Halliburton or the other Tyrese Maxey. Yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, and Killian Hayes, he took a chance on, and he just has never developed. He's a decent defender. Decent passer. The, the the game from France never translated in, into him being a good player. Or, I mean, a productive player. So last night, uh, Woj said late on ESPN that the Sixers had had some talks with about Burks and Bogey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that he said for now those broke down. Correct. But he also said that he wouldn't be surprised if they rekindled. I know. Rekindled uh, well, today. Philly needs something because Embiid's going to be out probably for the rest of the season or at least the rest of well, the season. Well, what I mean – um, we're not doing Philly radio, no, I know. but it, they're trying to to span that gap of where can we get some production and stay relatively relevant. Yes, make definitely make the playoffs. That, yeah, Embiid comes back. Yes, exactly. The Pistons are such a mess, though. I, I want to throw this out there because I heard Chris Villar. He does a lot of our Pistons pre post games half times. There's a camp of people, fans, that want him to move on from Cade, and he said that those people. We're a little voiceless last night on social media. Kate didn't play. Right. Where do you guys stand on that? Because well, I know I've heard Mike say it in the afternoon that they might have to move away from him just to simply refire this thing back up. Yes. The, the you ha, you have very few assets, right? Right. Kate so Cunningham is one of them. So yeah. if you can, I mean, I, I'm not going to even mention names, but if you can get assets back, who you think can build this back up with the other assets of, you know, they say they have the core four, Cade, uh, Ivy, uh, Duran, and, and, and Thompson. You know, if you can get somebody, get something for one of those, whether it's Cade or not, you have to at least ex- explore it. Look, is he ever going to be a franchise changing, a generational player? No. I think because he was the number one overall pick, I think he's been, and a lot of it's not his fault, a lot of it's injury. He's been a little bit of a disappointment. He's not helping them win, and that's right. where I missed right. the boat on it. There's no doubt he has great skill. He's a great all-around player. but He great, turns the ball over so right, many times. And, and great players don't do that, Yeah, and they win. Like This shouldn't be happening with a guy that's a franchise player. Right. The, a seven-win team, and how many of them they won with him out? Well, he's a piece that... Somebody could win with, yes. You know, but you know, but it has to be along with a whole lot. And right now, the Pistons don't have anything. And if you're going to, if you're going to make that trade, or you're you're going to use him as that asset, you better get something back that really kickstarts and jumpstarts 
the 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 rebuild, hey. the re the retool, the resurface, whatever you want to call the it. Restore, restore yeah. the floor with myself and Evan Jenkins. No, no. Um, yeah, because he he turns the ball over too many times. He's he's a terrific offensive player most of the time. In the fourth quarter, a lot of times he he, he doesn't finish. You you have to figure this out because if not, they're just they're, it's 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 a mishmash, and that's going to be on Troy. So okay, you you brought up Troy Weaver, and we've been talking a little bit about him. And okay, right now he's obviously the guy that's going to you know run things through the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. There's nothing going to happen between now and then. But does he get another year? Do you want him being the guy that could sell Cade Cunningham to to try and kickstart the rebuild? Is he the guy that you want to make that deal? Um, it's, you're trying to get personalities and personal feelings out of the equation. No, I don't. I know. I don't. Four years is enough. You know, but then again, this roster was so inept to begin with. Okay, yeah, but, but where I, is it now compared to then? Ex- exactly. That's I mean, why I, I say yes. I, it's time. If a Lions GM did this. Yeah, it's time to move he on. one time. Yeah, yes, he got extended. Time, <laughs> it's time to move on. Troy got extended, too. It's time to move Look, they've had, they've had a run of crappy GMs just like the Lions had. They really did. I mean... After Joe, I mean, come on, you had what Stefanski, all all these people, Van Gundy, that whole deal. I mean, it was awful. Yeah, then Stefanski went to the Browns. <laughs> yes, uh, we have some ticket text. Why does no one mention that the Pistons are four and six without Caden Ivy? Is so much better, and and Ivy so much better when given the reins and freedom. They're three and thirty-seven with Cade, and he's one of the m- most inefficient, respected players. Just don't seem like Ivy and Cade can be a thing, and it started to look like they'd be better off building around Ivy. Ivy's got, and somebody else says Ivy's got to go. I mean, well, right now there's it, right. you're looking at it going. Well, there's no answers. You know what this sounds like? Like with with Cade. Okay, he gets hurt. They don't space the floor. They need this. They, it sounds like they have to Cade proof him like the Lions do with Goff. Yeah, and that's not a guy in the NBA you build around. It's a different ball game. Right, exactly. You know, we're questioning whether the Lions should build around a arguably the top ten quarterbacks in the world. Right. You know, <laughs> seriously, that's so. I I don't know what they can do. I mean, right now, I I would have no problem if they floated it out there. But yeah. like you said, it, the trade deadline's probably not the right time. No, off season. But you have got to. What What are you going to get in return? I, I don't know. I, he's, he has to show at the end of for the rest of this season because, look, he's missed a lot of games. He has to show that he is a, that guy. Maybe not a top 10 player in the league, obviously, but a guy that somebody else might really want or show in the next 40 games or whatever is left that he is the guy that you want to rebuild with. That has to be seen now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to, what are you talking about? Unprotected first? Could you still get that? Like, you could get one for sure. I yes. know you could, but then you got to try to identify a team that's going to draft high. Right. 248-539-9797. 248-539-9797. Uh, Pistons win last night. Ivy with 37. Kate Cunningham did not play. And there are some people who believe that the Pistons would be better off moving away from Cade. I'm not there yet, but I do also want to see what you could do I'll never see, but I... Yeah, what can you get for him? What can you get for him? Uh, he's a great player, but like I said, too many turnovers, and he and he, he has a problem finishing uh, at the cup when the game's on the line, which to me is mind-boggling for somebody as good as he is. All right, here's some ticket texts. 
Move on from Cade. He's not what we need for the Pistons. The issue is that he's a bust given where he was drafted. He's a good player, period. Stop with the great talk, Jim from Royal Oak. No, Troy has to go. His only good pick was Duran. I think Ivy's a pretty good pick, too, but whatever. That's fine. Uh, Because the Killian thing is just the worst thing he's done. Uh, Leave the Cade decision to the next GM, just like how Stafford was left up to Brad Holmes. Too big of a decision to let Troy make if he's on his way out. I don't necessarily think he's going to be on his way out. I think they're going to give him one more year. Um, If we lose Cade, we will regret it. This is definitely polarizing. Cade's on his rookie deal. He's worth a lot to a contender, multiple firsts if we moved him now. Need to move Cade to the two or the three and let Ivy be the primary ball handler. He can size up secondary guards and the offense isn't as slow. Figure out where he fits best in this roster or else we're just getting another 19 and 20 year old to replace him and hope that works. If you can get three unprotected first for Cade and or Ivy, you sell and restart with a new GM. Sure. Three? You can't get that for yeah. Ivy. And I don't, yeah. I think it would be two. I, that's the, that would probably be something I would dangle out there. Yeah. Right now. Cade but Cun- man, who knows what you're going to get with those picks? Who knows where they're going to be? Cade Cunningham is Tobias Harris. Not a superstar, but a good supplemental player. If the Pistons treat him like a superstar, they'll never have success. I, Tobias Harris is a good player, but you're right. He's not a superstar. And in, yep. in Philly, he's like the third option. Uh, you guys are so off about Cade. Ivy was buried on the bench half the year. Cade hasn't had a whole team when he's been in. Cade's played less games than Ivy and scores 23, 5, and 8. He does turn it over too much, but all his shooting percentages are up and his turnovers are coming down. He was on a tear before the knee. Selling on Cade now would be a monumental mistake. And look, it would be definitely risky. But I want to, I don't have in front of me, come back with me, Texter, on his fourth quarter stats. Well, do you sell on him now or do you wait until, you know, his value is not what it is now? Until until he plays out at, or until it plays out. Right. I mean, this is one where maybe you don't let it play out. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the thing is the value right yeah. now is still, I think, perceived as pretty high around the league. Mm-hmm. And that's why you could probably net a pretty big trade, you know, in return. I don't think they should do it yet. I, I He is not going to be what I thought he would be, but I still do, right. have a tough time saying he's the problem. No, he, I think he's part of the problem. The only reason we threw this out there, like I, I kind of agree with that text, but this crowd is building. Yes. <laughs> None of this matters unless you're talking about the person who really needs to be replaced, and that is Troy Weaver. No, look, they're, they're obviously, you don't, you know, if a move like this, you can't let Weaver make right now. That's for uh, like today. And then you see if he's back for the offseason. Then you see what he can get. Uh, Troy Weaver's success record is horrific. He's had a few decent ones. But, I mean, like I said before, it all started with Killian. And it went completely downhill. I mean, we got all excited. Oh, boy. He be, Trader Troy. I, I, I fell for it. Yeah. You know, call me guilty. I mean, because they got what? Stewart and, and Bay, they had th- Three guys in that first draft, and where are they now? Bay, who actually is shooting worse than he's ever had, but they got rid of for James Wiseman. Uh, and Isaiah Stewart, they signed to an extension. Now, in fairness, because I didn't think he should have got an extension, the way the cap has gone up, what he's getting is basically the same as like a mid-level guy, and he's a you know a good player off the bench is what right. Isaiah Stewart is. Nothing more, nothing less, if you ask me. All right. Um Nick Saban, 
has uh, been hired by ESPN. No yes. surprise. No. Uh, he will be on the set of College Game Day. He might even be here, John, at the draft. Uh, yeah, He's I mean, be, as, as, an, as an analyst. Yes, absolutely. He's going to be doing stuff for the SEC Network as well. I think... ESPN made a wise decision, and I think he's going to be really, really good at it because in the times where he is on, he's thoughtful, he's he's intelligent, and he can play along with you. I mean, he doesn't have the greatest sense of humor, but I've seen him on the McAfee show, and he's good. Yeah, I mean, it, somewhat dry at times, but that has its value as well. But what, what the value is that he's going to bring, whether it's at the draft, is you know how does he see and evaluate players? What type of skills is he looking at as a coach um, and how will that translate to the NFL as a, as a, you know, analyst on college game day. I think this is absolutely perfect. Watching urban Meyer break down game film and talk about, you know, whether it's the the quarterback play offensive schemes, even what they're seeing defensively uh, on the big 10 network. When you see him with, uh, um, with Donardo is is it's outstanding. Yeah. And then you've got a guy now that has has performed at the highest level for so long. I mean, he's been a coach for 50 years. How he sees the game, how he breaks it down, what he's noticing, and then to be able to bring that to the fans, I think he's going to do a great job of it. And I'm excited to be able to, to witness that and see some of that and hear some of it. And I want to hear in detail. I know he's, you know, talked about it, you know, before the quote-unquote problems with college football right now as a sport, not on the field. I'm talking about, you know, the super conferences, the NIL, uh, all the transfer. Oh, yeah. I w- I'd really like to hear. Hopefully the he handcuffs are off and he can yes. talk about it freely, how he wants to and what he sees. And, and that's what you, you need a voice like that mm-hmm. to talk about the perspective of the coach. And it's, and it's no longer, well, he's saying this and it's, you know, well, they're in the SEC or it's Alabama and how can he be complaining about, you know, paying players and, and, and different things like that. Now all of that is removed. What he probably will be talking about is more about where college football is, how he's seen the changes, the rapid changes in the last five years, and maybe he's got an idea or two of how to fix it. Would you like to see him even do more, not just from the set of college game day, but actually, I don't know, being in the booth, giving uh, live analysis as a, as a color commentator. I don't know that I want to limit him to that because, you know, obviously sitting in, in that chair, you have a very limited time. Once Doug is done, I've got, you know, depending on the offense, I've got 10 to 15, maybe 20 seconds to say what I saw, what happened, why, and then what's coming next. I don't want to limit Nick Saban to that 15-second little clip. I want to hear more of what he's seeing and doing, and whether it's throughout the week during college football, whether it's you know at the draft, whether it's on the set of, of game day, because there's going to be features that they're going to have just completely set up for him. I, I don't want to limit him to, to that brief amount of time. But it's different what you do because you're on the radio and we're when we're listening, we don't know what the hell's going on, you know, visually. Right. We, we can we think we do. You know, we look at our radio, they're going left to right. Uh but, on your radio though. Yeah. Uh but he but being on television, he could say stuff about oh you know, you know, the transfer portal, let's go this, you know, they run the play, then they come back and he keeps, you know, Especially if it's not a close game. Yeah, but you don't want to hear an interview going on during the game. 
like you want to hear all of those things about the transfer portal, about NIL, about college football at halftime mm-hmm. or okay. it, you know before the game, during the game, and and I'm not that it won't be great material, right? That's just not the place for it. Because because again, you're going to be limited whether or not. Okay, he doesn't have to describe things because you could visually see it. Correct. And and I think he would be very good at the telestrator of being able to you know oh, see yeah. things and and and. But I want to hear more about you know like okay, quarterbacks come into the line of scrimmage, they break the huddle, and then all of a sudden there's a pause. And what you know you get the all of the views now, right? And you get one from behind where you can see everything on defense. And he starts saying, okay, this is what the quarterback's seeing. This is what I'm seeing as a, as a play caller. This is what I'm seeing defensively as a play caller and how it's going to develop. Now watch at the snap of the ball and all of a sudden, hey, it travels for two more seconds and then they pause and right. he's you know moving all of these different pieces around and you could see it develop. That's that's what I want to see. Right, and you maybe he'll be able to say, well, pick your coach. Yeah, Lincoln Riley's talking to uh, the quarterback right now. Well, he wouldn't be doing a Big Ten game, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Here's what he's probably saying. This is what I would tell uh, you know Mac Jones or two or somebody like that in those situations. Because a lot of times you know, you'll see. In the see, NFL? Well, no, not even the NFL. I'm talking about like when he coached oh, yeah. them in college. Okay, we had well, this situation come yes, up to it, who was our quarterback. Right, yeah. We caught a timeout. We, you know, we, we, we do this and that and that. All right. Uh, and what other coaches do you think would be really good at this? Because some I think would be good, and some, eh. Um, I I think you've got some some great personalities um, in in coaching right now, and and one of the guys, you know, I you know, I'll tell you what, when we come back, yes. I'll let you know who that is. All right, ninety seven on the ticket. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. Kyler from Flat Rock wants to uh, chime in on the Cade Cunningham discussion. What's up, Kyler? Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Good. I'm just, okay. So you wanted to know about his fourth quarter stats, so I I looked it up while I was on the road. Okay. And he's averaging six point seven points in the fourth quarter, which is tied for twelfth right now. And something I also want to say: he's top ten in assists, and I get the turnovers and everything. They they got to count, but I think that is more to me a coaching issue than it is a Kate Cunningham issue. A spacing the floor issue, correct? Yes, okay. most definitely. And I think I think the trades we've done have been good. We've gotten some people who can space the floor. Gallinari, I don't know if he's hurt or not. Mike Muscala is a pretty decent shooter. And I think. I'm I'm not like the biggest Troy Weaver guy. Obviously, nobody really is. Right. But I think people are putting a little too much hate on Cade Cunningham, especially this group that you guys are talking about. Yeah, I mean, look, there there is pressure on him, but he has not for a variety of reasons. Some you mentioned, some is injury. But the bottom line is, for the number one overall pick, some people thought was going to be just a superstar, he's been a disappointment. You can't say he hasn't, can you? No, yeah, I, I can see – why people say that, but yeah, I, I I think it is more because of injury than anything, but not being an all-star at this point of his career as a number one pick and who, like at least an all-star, who was considered coming out of college a very highly doubted prospect was, is I can see. Right. The, 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 this is year three and he's missed a lot of the games. So yep. I, I, I get, I get all that. And as far as the fourth quarter, yeah, he might have the points, but I've, I'd love to see what his shooting percentages and when in money time. The other thing, it, meaningful fourth quarter stats. Yes, because that means if if the 
that's leading to wins then. Mm-hmm. Closer games. I mean, so many of these games they played and they're not even close at the end. You know, that's I don't know. I I, I like I said, I thought he would be special. I think it's clear he's not going to be special. I know. Okay. Yeah. But um, I remember you used the uh, the the M word. I thought, yeah, I thought he had a charisma and, a, and an all around game, and it just because he's so sloppy with the football or with the basketball, right, you know, right. it's 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 right. it, it just at some point you have to clean up the turnovers. I know, I, it's it's it's. I, does it's he ridiculous. think he like? I'm curious. Does he still just think he's the best because he was always the best? Until you got to the NBA, no, I so think you know. I think he tries to be unselfish, which leads to too many like cross court passes and things like that. I mean, yeah. in the M word, John, you don't know what I'm talking about. He thought he was going to be Mahomes, basically. I thought, I thought he had right. all the intangibles to be yeah. a superstar, special NBA player, and he is I a did. leader. There's no, there's no he doubt has, about he has, that. He has it. It just it isn't turning been. into wins. And then what the caller also said, they're all in the end. You can use injuries. You can use Troy Weaver. You can use coaching. When's it Cade's fault? Right. Right. He's in his third year. And I understand second year he missed a majority of the season, if not all of it. But he's in his third year. And what are you seeing? How much better are they now than when they drafted him? How much impact is he having? You have to ask, what, Jaden Ivey, did he have his best professional game last night? Yeah. I think so, yeah. You have to ask yourself, why would that happen with him not in there? That's a fair question. Exactly. It's uh, things that make you go, hmm. 248-539-9797. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. The Lions will not be in the Super Bowl, as you know. Uh, Dan Campbell is he might get the Coach of the Year award tonight. It's the NFL Honors tonight. You know, maybe Ragnall will get the uh, Man of the Year or whatever. Anyway, uh, but Dan Campbell, this was year three, John. Yes, uh, and you, you got to go back and be just like um, Brad Holmes said. Hey, uh, we're going to revisit. Um, the 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 draft of three years ago. Now that you've had three years of the draft, and uh, how let's go back and take a look at that coaching cycle. Uh, the coaches that were hired in that season, there were seven of them that were hired at the same time as Dan Campbell, and you grade the hires. And let's just start with: um, Can you tell me the name of the Texans coach that was hired in two thousand and twenty one? Um. Was, oh, I know it had some. It's similar to a dog's last name, David Cully. David Cully. All right. So he was he was hired by the Houston Texans. That obviously didn't go well. Um, yeah, he only got one year, which was really a lame lame by the the Texans at that time. It was. It was, and that was coming out of the Lovey Smith era, wasn't it? No, I think Lovey replaced. Lo- Lovey him. replaced him. I believe so. Yeah, because Lovey. Was with them when they actually no because that last year would have been love lovey would have been there. I'm trying to remember who was the coach of the Houston Texans in 22. I thought it was Lovey. Yeah, Lovey. I yeah. just want to grab this stuff that. So I it was one year wonders both Cully and yeah. then Lovey Smith. Well, and, and, and Lovey got a lot of heat for winning the last game. Oh, that's that's right. Okay, now I remember now. Yeah. So it, it that seems like so long ago, but it was only three years ago. That was only two years ago. Yeah. Um. And then number, uh, let's see, the other coaches, there were six other coaches that were hired in that cycle. You have Robert Sala with the Jets, who was still there. He interviewed here. Yes. Obviously, Dan Campbell. Nick Sirianni with the Eagles. Mm -hmm. And then the other coaches are not currently employed. Brandon Staley with the Chargers. 
uh, Arthur Smith with the Falcons, mm-hmm. and then Urban Meyer with the Jacksonville Jaguars. That was the seven coaches hired in the cycle, obviously including Dan Campbell. Now, obviously, based on success, Sirianni is number one because they went to the Super Bowl. But Okay, they went to the Super Bowl and, and lost. Yes. Um, so one step further. Correct. But he was also have basically he kind of did things in reverse. Yeah. He yeah. got out of the gates great. And then obviously, you know, last year what they lose their last six? This past season. Yeah. yeah. Well, they what they went his first year playoffs and then second year Super Bowl and then third year out in the first round. Out in the first round. And obviously Dan Campbell, no playoffs, uh three thirteen and one. Nine and eight, no playoffs, right. and then NFC Championship game. Correct. Um, and it feels like, uh, and, and they will have both coordinators back. Now I know that Sirianni lost both coordinators uh, last year, which was was a challenge for them. But yeah. I think you could make an argument that that the Lions have probably made the better hire. Oh yes, no doubt. But I'm just saying, based on success as of now, if your goal is to go because to the Super there was Bowl a lot of people it. that felt like Nick Sirianni was going to be removed. After last year. Correct. And there were some, even if he's makes it through this year, a lot of people think that that might be where Bill Belichick ends up in 2025. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's just looking at the hires because we all said at the time, right? Okay. You're going to hire Dan Campbell. You hired him before Brad Holmes, before a general manager, uh, had never been a head coach other than the interim time that he'd had down in Miami. Mm-hmm. And at that point it was like, Hey, the, the lions are taking a huge risk. Yeah, Exactly. But and that it's, has it's paid off. It's been clearly great. paid off. Now, do I think Campbell's going to end up more successful in Sirianni or any others down the road? Absolutely, no doubt about it in my mind. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. Speaking of Dan Campbell, he's going to be doing something on Sunday that I can't believe some of you will not be. I'll explain that coming up next. Ninety seven won the ticket. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.